Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Welcome back to Author News Weekly. Thanks for joining us this week. My name is Ari McGee. I am joined, as always, by a trio of triumphant... uh, I don't know where I was going with that one. Forget it. We'll let Nick edit that out, even though he won't. First off, I am joined by my man, Jim Heskett. Hello, I'm only here so I don't get fined. This is true. (laughs) Have I done that bit before? I might have already used that. No, no, you're good. You're good. That's my second favorite (laughs) one you did. The first favorite one you did was when you said... uh, I think I've got some good insight and I can't wait to win this week. <laughs> I'm definitely going to win this episode right here. I know, dude. It was amazing. I just want to let you know, I'm going to tell the Fiverr guy to edit out all of the first minutes. So. Don't. Don't do it. Next up, we have Pippa Werner. Hello. Awesome. And last but not least, we've got my man, Nick Thacker. What's up? Awesome. And we are joined today by a special guest. She is Hello. the author of the way we thought it would be, as well as a guilty man walks. She is a, an avid Redditor and also from the Midwest, which we'll have to get into here in a little bit. Introducing Kate Greenwood. Hi, Kate. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Hi. really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, of course. So here's my question about the Midwest. I know in your bio it says something about the Midwest. When I very accurately said that Eastern time is the only time zone that's worth anything, you respectfully disagreed, which is another hallmark of a Midwestern person. Whereabouts are you from? So I'm out of the Chicagoland area, which is, uh, you know, if you watch the news, our accent is the generic accent. So I think our time zone is the generic time zone. Mm, interesting. <laughs> you know, to be fair, I'm originally a Hoosier, so I'm mm. not too mad at you. If you were going to say like Wisconsin or something, I was going to be like, all right, this is weird times. Oh, no, no, no. Shy yeah, town, whatever. I think Chicago and Minnesota can agree that we all hate Wisconsin and we'll just. Yes. Yes. Good old Minnesota. Good stuff. Take the um, cheese, the beer and run. Yeah, unless you want to go to the cheese castle, that's different. Then. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I always fight the battle about the time zones with these guys as well. No one is giving in. So I'm just going to give up and take my Eastern standard time and go home. <laughs> all right. So Kate, mm-hmm. the reason why we've got you on with us today is I was browsing Reddit and I saw a thread that you started. And it essentially said that you had launched a new book kind of into the world. And your words were that your launch flopped. Yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't put that mojo on you. I'm just saying what you said. And so I thought if there's something we can do on our end to kind of help you go through what you did or what you didn't do, as well as answer some other questions, I really thought that would be a worthwhile use of our time, you know? So before we get into that, Let's just get a little bit about you, whatever you're comfortable saying. You're from the Chicagoland area. What kind of brought you to writing? Oh, man. I've, uh, as everyone now, I write since I was a kid. Always loved it. My first book, Guilty Man Walks, that was kind of my, I just want to try this and just see if I can finally do this for myself. Because the way I grew up, I'm sure a lot of you guys were traditional publishing or nothing. Mm. And I didn't even know that self-publishing was an option. So as I you know, got a little bit older, I was like, you know, this kind of seems the way. I looked at it like as music. A lot of music artists nowadays are just doing YouTube or something like that. And that's how they're found. And it, it's worked out very well for them instead of going through all the hoops that the industry wants you to. So 
I wanted to give it a shot and I did and I really enjoyed it. So I kind of jumped in running. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, if I don't do it now, I will never do it. So let's just make it a mess and see what happens. Mm. Right on. Yeah, that sounds good. That's, you know, that's all the most important thing is just getting started. So many people just get stuck forever because they don't want to make a mess out of things. So props to you on that. So last year you put out a guilty man walks, right? In 2020. Yes. Yes. And so what was your kind of process with putting that book out into the world? You just jumped right into it or did you put together a plan first for that initial launch that you did? So I was actually like a fan fiction writer a long time ago when I was young and uh, there was a contest on one of the websites. And I'm like, you know what? Let me see if I'm good because I think I'm good, but yeah. <laughs> let's have someone else's opinion on it. And mm-hmm. I did really well. So I thought, okay, if this did pretty good, maybe this is the first one that I should put out into the world because some unbiased people liked it. Mm-hmm. So I had no plan. Not at all. I think I started looking into publish it in January and I published it on leap day. So February 29th. Mm. So yeah, I downloaded the Amazon uh, Kindle, uh, how you would transfer the book onto there. It was a Word document. It was Mm. not pretty, but it was a fun experience. And I learned so much from just doing that alone. Okay. And so you then decided to write your next book. I want to make sure I say this right. The way we thought it would be. Yes. And you took some steps before your launch that you mentioned in your Reddit post, kind of recruited a editor this time and some other things. Did you not do an editor with your first one and you did with your second one? No, I was like, yeah, I can edit myself. I was really good in English. And then I was <laughs> reading it back and like, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you have said that of the things on your launch, you thought the editor was worth it, right? Yes, for sure. Just getting the comments back from the editor. I was like, I missed all these things like past tense, present tense that I didn't even catch it in my brain. So that was highly, highly worth the money. Okay, good deal. Good deal. So you work with your editor, you shine the book up, you're feeling good about it. And then was your plan to launch this book as opposed to last time? So last time I had zero marketing, I was like, I'm just gonna put it in the world, not spend any money on it because I don't know what I'm doing. So I don't want to waste the money. This time I was like, let me try to find my target audience and get them a little bit interested before it went out. So that book was a contemporary uh, young adult fiction book. And I was like, okay, well, where is my target audience? Probably Instagram more than Facebook. So I jumped on there and got a lot of people interested. I had a book tour going, which I've since learned that probably wasn't the best idea for marketing, but it had a good amount of interest on it. So used that. And then that was pretty much it. Honestly, I kind of like cold called a lot of people Mm. to try to do arcs, which was scary. And it really didn't work out too well. I had Mm. about 20 people respond positively and only one of them actually reviewed. So, Mm. Mm. you know, 20 positive responses is not not bad from cold. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say that's actually uh <laughs> that's better oh, than yeah. I get with my warm arc team. <laughs> All right, so then you did what you thought was going to benefit you. You went to where your readers are, right? And then you tried to put together an arc team from some cold calls. And so then you launched it. Now, what did you expect to happen? Like in your perfect world, you know, what was going to happen based on the book you had and the effort that you had put into the launch? Well, Hollywood was going to call me. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, right away. No. Yeah. 
Um, I think from reading a lot online and Reddit and different authors that were self-published, they had said like you'd see a kind of a spike when your sales started, when you kind of put it out there and you do the pre-orders and then it was going to be like this like nice bar graph of, wow, that's release day. And it kind of trickles down, but it stayed high. Mm. And mine, I had some, but it definitely wasn't really any different than what I had seen with my first book. Like there was not a huge parallel where, oh, I put in effort marketing and I didn't really see the return. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And so kind of in your mind, you consider kind of how it went a flop. Like it's not really how you wanted it to kind of go, right? Yeah. I was expecting a little bit more engagement, I would think more so than like, oh, I wanted to make millions. Like I wanted to see more people that I hadn't reached out kind of get there on their own through, you know, the Amazon search and all that kind of stuff. Like organic kind yeah. of discovery and stuff. Not my yeah. mom. I, you know, my mom's great, but I don't <laughs> keep buying it. Maybe if you just ask her to buy 50,000 copies, you can retire. You oh, know? yeah. Well, I, you know, I had some sales. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you made three more sales. She's like, I bought a couple more for your aunt. I'm like, stop <laughs> buying <laughs> Rip to my algorithm. Right. Yeah, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right on. So panel, good old panel here. I don't want to monopolize all the time by just asking questions. Based on what you've seen kind of that she's did before her launch, what would you have kind of suggested to put her in a place to launch a little stronger into the world? How about Nick first? I like to let Jim last week. I think we had a breakthrough letting you go last, dude. You were a a rock star last week with the advice. So let's go to Nick first, man. What do you think? bro? Did we talk about mailing list at all? Did we talk about? Not yet. We didn't talk about a mailing list. list. Well, Her second question was about mailing lists. Her question was, are they worth it or are they a thing of the past? Do they basically sit until you have a book coming out? You know, stuff like that. So, sure, Kate, you wouldn't know, but Nick is actually our resident mailing list expert. He's got an enormous mailing list and he's even built his own. It's huge. He he does insult him regularly. (laughs) And he's actually built his own mailing list platform website. So Nick is probably going to have some good info and i'm not going to blow any more smoke because he'll get a big head so <laughs> no Go i mean ahead, my, my um my ego is already as large as it can possibly be so. <laughs> so kate i think there's good news and bad news the good news is you have inadvertently set the bar low for your next launch to be really awesome because not it. much happened with this one right so you're like hey well it can't get worse easily yeah. <laughs> the bad news is you probably just need to launch the next book and kind of let this one be a learning experience for you. And then the reason mailing list comes into that is it's kind of a catch 22. You can't really build a mailing list without a book or something to give away for people to get on the mailing list. And that means, you know, you have to write a book and release it to zero fanfare. But that's exactly what my story is. You know, I wrote a book. I was never supposed to be on this dumb podcast with these guys. It was always just supposed to be for fun. It's true. And I wrote the book and nothing happened, but that was fine because I was never intending to sell it. It was supposed to be for my dad as a gift. And so I gave it to him and I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Maybe I'll write another book. And then I wrote the second book and that's the one I expected, get the calls from Hollywood and and all that stuff. Hasn't happened yet, still waiting. (laughs) And so about that point, maybe writing the second book before it was launched, I knew coming from marketing background that mailing lists were important. And so I thought, well, I'm going to set up a mailing list. I was using MailChimp at the time, which is great because it was free. And uh, I'm going to try to give away the book that I've written, the first one. And then when I finish the second one, I'll also give that one away. So I was selling those books on Amazon. Again, that's in quotes, because I wasn't selling hardly anything, but they were for sale on Amazon. (laughs) At the same time, 
And if Amazon's listening, I'm really sorry. This is against your terms of service. I was yes. giving them away for free <laughs> on my mailing list on my website because I knew that in order to compete with other authors giving stuff away, instead of giving away a, cha a sample chapter or three or whatever, I was like, hey, here's the whole farm. I'm just going to give you all the books that I've written. And that was only two at the time. Yeah. And then I wrote the third book, again, to no fanfare, and uh, gave that one away as well. So all three of those books are still my freebie offer on my website. And it was about that time where I started to develop a little bit of traction with my career. The third book that I wrote was actually the first in the series that continuously sells the best. And so by the time I wrote the second book in that series, which was the fourth book I ever wrote, people were starting to respond well on, you know, this is all through my mailing list. I would send them a letter and say, hey, you have these three books for free. I just released this second book in the series. You should go buy it. And a lot of people bought it. And that seemed to kind of get the wheels spinning. But again, this was a multi-year process. You can do it faster these days. I mean, a lot of people write faster than I do. But for me, that was the whole learning experience was, I mean, this catch-22 of I need to get emails, but I don't have anything to give people to get their emails. And maybe advice there is you could consider giving away like a guilty man walks for free in order to get people signed up and interested in the next thing that you wrote. So, Yeah, that was actually one of my questions was, how do you get people that also don't want to like cold buy your book, cold sign up for your mailing list? So that's a good tip. Yeah. So, well, there are a couple of other things. Well, actually, let me let Pippa chime in before I start talking, because I don't want to take the stuff they're going to take, because <laughs> then it's just like, yeah, I'll just talk. And you guys, you know, look <laughs> handsome anyway. Yeah, I've been taking notes. Yeah. Oh, of course. The smart one. <laughs> so yes, more books. Like Nick said, it is difficult to find a better way to advertise than to get more books going. Mm -hmm. For that, you're going to want to maintain probably separate mailing lists. So you're uh, one of the pieces of feedback that I saw that was consistent that I agreed with on your thread was these are two different genres. Yeah. So you're probably <laughs> not going to want to cross sell there. So you can set up different segments and sub mailing lists from someplace like MailerLite or MailChimp. Cool. So you'll probably want to do separate ones there, have a sign up form, consider doing a little story in one of the worlds or something to use as a mailing list lead, but put that in the back of your books because those are warm leads. Those are people who like your stuff. They <laughs> want to know more. And I would say also consider if you want to stay in KU or if you want to go wide. I think I'm the only wide author on this podcast, actually, but mm -hmm. I make half or more of my money from wide sales. There are months when like Kobo or Apple will just eclipse Amazon for me. And, wow. and so I found a lot of steadiness and the markets are smaller, but it can be easier to get people's attention. And so once you build up a steady reading market on another platform, they can be much more loyal stuff like that. So that's something to consider. I'd be happy to talk with you more about that after this. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, those are the things that stuck out to me. More books. All right, more books. All right Jim, pre-launch and mailing list. What you got, brother? Pre-launch and mailing list. Well, RA, if you thought that giving me an extra time helped me to come up with a brilliant question, I didn't. I'm going to have to disappoint you there. But Kate, I was wondering when you said before about that you decided to put your time into Instagram instead of Facebook, how you came to that decision. I think from people I had talked to or that I had seen um, online that like that young adult female, mostly uh, readers were on this Instagram, that bookstagram 
community, but I think you guys had mentioned it before or something that a lot of that I realized later was a lot of other authors kind of boosting themselves back and forth and not so uh, much readers. Wait, wait, we talked about that. You heard that? <laughs> oh, I've been before. Oh, <laughs> nice. You got to verify because we're some weirdos. You know? <laughs> so in your Reddit post, you said that you don't like social media. So what's it like to promote on social media for someone who doesn't like social media? Like, is it is it just painful? What do you do if you don't like using social media? How did you go on there and promote? I find it difficult for me because I have never shown my face on social media. I don't really like to do that. I don't know who's on the internet. I'm a little cautious. So mm. it's difficult to kind of match those ads that I see where it's a lot of like, look at me in my book, like look at me on the beach with my book. And I don't want to be in the photo. So I'm mm. trying to do something like that to advertise, which I feel like already knocks me down a peg compared to some of the other people that are mm. maybe using more of like their looks, their apartment, where they live to sell the book than just the book itself. Mm. That seems to be big with the bookstagram. It's kind of like the whole aesthetic, like mm-hmm. book talk. Yeah, exactly. So it seems to me that with some of the, so I call those outposts, anything that's like not a property you own. And, and Amazon certainly is not a property we own, but it's more of a home base because that's where our book lives in a mm-hmm. sense, or substitute that with any bookstore that you're selling if you're wide. And I find that like the outposts are a lot of people that are successful with that are building their brand, or as you say, their actual face, much more than they're actually selling books directly mm. from that. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but if you're not wanting to be in front of a camera and all that, it's probably going to be a really hard uphill battle to build your brand without that on those outposts, right? I'd actually Uh rather hear that because I'd rather not. (laughs) So (laughs) there's a way to do it without that. That's fantastic because that's a lot of what I see on, you know, Reddit or online. And it's an incredible investment. I mean, there's authors I know that are paying a lot of money just for for some assistant to help them succeed on one social channel rather than, you know, so it's not something you just sort of half-ass, right? You can't just Mm -hmm. be like, well, I guess I'll post this on an institute what happens because it's just going to get buried immediately. Twitter's the exact same way, Facebook. For me, I have a strong advertising platform, but I've also got a lot of books. And so now that I'm advertising those books, if they end up trickling over to those outposts, people can see them and all that, and it might help with indirect sales. But I'm not trying to direct people's attention to those things. You know, those are outposts. If somebody happens to be there and happens to see something and click over, great. But I'm not really focusing on those. Sure. No, that makes sense. We yeah. also mentioned something, I, sorry, real quick, just to, uh, to clarify that Pippa was talking about you know, not advertising a single book. And maybe this is something you already have considered, but you can absolutely advertise a single book. The problem is, in order to successfully do that, you usually will have to bid so high, it's so competitive right now, that your first book is the loss leader. You're not going to be making money with that first book. So for me, I lose money on my first book. And I'm sorry. And so one. you're talking about bidding on ads. Right. Uh, pay-per-click ads, right. Facebook ads, Amazon ads. Yeah. For me right now, I'm heavily in AMS ads. And so that means, you know, I put a book cover and then click it and it goes to my book and all that. I'm having to bid over a dollar for, for some of my best clicks. Wow. And, you know, if one out of every, let's call it 15 clicks ends up in a sale, you can do the math and determine, you know, that's $15 I had to spend for somebody to buy a book that is $6.99. And I price my books a lot higher than a lot of people. There's a lot of people who do $2.99 for the first in series or even 99 cents. But the point is, I've got 10 other books that they can buy for $6.99. And so, you know, doing the math, I come out ahead still with page reads in Kindle Unlimited and sales. You can't do that with just one book. And so 
I just wanted to clarify too, like you can certainly throw advertising money at your single book. Most likely if it works, you're going to lose money, but you'll gain readership. So it could be a way to spend a bunch of money and get some people on your mailing list. But I think there's cheaper and better ways to build that mailing list early on. Sure. And so I would say that probably some of the things like Pippa had mentioned, you may want to write something else in the same genre that you're in. So I don't like going forward. Are you most interested in kind of staying with your first book or your second book if you were going to build a backlist or you want to hop around? I think I would do kind of what Pippa had mentioned where I should have split my pen name originally into two different ones because I Mm -hmm. like both. I read both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I would be more apt to do, I think, both. And sometimes it's nice to take a break from, you know, you've got these like hard thriller, like I just murdered someone on the page. Okay, let me go to like fairyland. Like, okay, it's nice over there and it's peaceful yeah. and I can take a break or it's not as difficult sometimes to churn out one than the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess kind of going, building off of what she said, I would probably write something in whatever genre you kind of want that you want to go forward with more immediately, you know, mm-hmm. your next book. Are you familiar with book funnel or uh, story no. origins or stuff like that? Okay. So what you're going to want to do is there's a company called book funnel and it's amazing and it delivers your books to people the same way that Amazon does, but it delivers your books to people. If you don't sell them on Amazon, like mm-hmm. if I have someone sign up for my mailing list, I get their email address and book funnel sends them a copy of my reader magnet. And right now I've got two books are my reader magnets for my two main series. So when someone signs up, they get both and one's thriller and the other one's like crime fiction thriller. So they're in the same boat more or less. Mm -hmm. So if you were to go to like book funnel and upload something that you write, even small, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 words, we call that a reader magnet. And then what you'll do is you join promotions with other authors and you guys will all give away something to, oh, it's probably hundreds of thousands of readers on BookFunnel at this point. And wow. you'll, people who like your book from the cornucopia of books will read your book and then they'll sign up for your, you'll get their email address. They'll be on your email list. So the best part about BookFunnel is they do customer support. So you're going to have readers who sign up and they're like, well, this is all spam. I can't get your book. Because readers suck, by the way. I hate readers. Um, <laughs> and uh, they can't figure anything out. And they're really dumb when it comes to technology. And the last thing I want to do is talk to a reader in real life. And so BookFunnel handles all that for me. I can just be like, go talk to BookFunnel. I don't care. I don't like it. And then BookFunnel can handle it and get the book to them. So nice. yeah. that's the best part about BookFunnel. Yeah, it's a really good thing to have. I mean, I built my first three or 4,000 people uh, that are on my list with book funnel and a novella that I gave away for free. And then that kind of segues into your other question about arcs. Mm -hmm. So you say, how do you set up your arc team when no one knows who you are? So no one knew who I was a few years ago and I would do book. Well, no one still knows who I am. (laughs) These guys barely remember my name. I show up every week and they're like, who is this guy? We always forget who's going to come in and then it's him. And we're like, oh, that's right. That guy. (laughs) Oh, right. That guy. We can't get rid of him. So you can build a pretty substantial list from book funnel in the beginning. And what'll happen is you can set up automated emails to go out after you get someone's email address. So you get their email address they get your book right in return. And then a few days later, since they're on your email list, be it MailChimp, be it MailerLite, be it author.email, 
author.email. Yeah, yeah, author.email, this guy up there. You can set an automation sequence up. And then a few days later, you can say, hey, did you get my book? Did you like it? Da, 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 da. And then in that automation and welcoming sequence, you can welcome them to your email list. You can ask them for reviews. And you can also ask them to be on your ARC team. And so what will happen is of the thousands of people that download your reader magnet for free, some of them will eventually migrate to you because they like your book and they like you or whatever. And that's how you can start building an ARC team when you don't have any traction yet. Awesome. So super helpful. Yeah, yeah. Book Funnel does that. Story Origin, I think, does that. There's also a thing that where you can pay to do that with Ryan Z, I think, which Book is pretty sweeps. Book Sweeps does that as well. Uh, it's less than a hundred bucks and you'll get a couple thousand more names for your list. So in short order, in a month, you could probably have two or three thousand people on your email list. Oh wow, that's much more than I would have guessed. Yeah. And the and benefit very is not easily having, not having anybody on the list already, you know, you're starting from scratch and there's all kinds of people who want more books to read. They sit there and read all day. You know, for most of us on the call, like we've done all those. I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, but I'm pretty sure you guys are in the same boat. We're like, if you use all these services and at some point you're kind of just getting the same readers over and over again. And so I have to take a break. And then every six months, I just kind of not do any sort of promo swaps or list building, that kind of thing. And then I'll hit it again after six or nine months um, and get some new people who have found those services and, you know, signed up. Because, yeah, I mean, I've got a list of 70,000 people right now, which is great. But it's very challenging for me to find other authors who have a different list that are in my genre because they've probably already heard of, not that I'm famous, but they're already on my list, you know? Yeah. Do you guys sign up for multiple of those or do you kind of pick your favorite and stick with that? Pick as far as the yeah. list building? Yeah. I sign up for multiples. I did in the beginning. In the beginning, I did Book Funnel and I did Insta Freebie. And to what Nick had just mentioned, I would do two or three months of Book Funnel. And then I would let the book funnel people cool out. And then I would do a few months of Insta freebie. And it's the same mechanism. People, you join a giveaway with your reader magnet and a bunch of other readers, a bunch of other authors with reader magnets. And then they give you their email address in exchange for your book. And I would swap whenever I thought I was getting not as many signups. I'd give it time for some new people to filter into that program. And then I would use the other one and vice versa. So I would say you could use. Uh, all of them, and they're free. I mean, they are free. They're still free, right? Book funnel. Yeah, the Ryan Z's thing you pay for, but it's a really good service, and it's, it's yeah. really well done. Um, but the other ones are free. I would say one of the best parts about this is you're going to start building relationships with these authors, and so you're going to get to the point where you say, "Hey, we write the same sort of book, and people don't typically buy one or the other; they'll buy both." Mm-hmm. And so let's stay in contact because right now we're using you know Book Funnel or whatever. Why don't we just do a straight email newsletter swap where I'll mention your book, you mention mine, and that's just direct with these authors. And you're just building that relationship over time. I'd still do that with a lot of authors that I started writing around the same time and our lists have grown together. And this is a really neat way to kind of keep in touch with other authors because, again, it really is true that we're all sort of in this together. There's a few jerks, but for the most part, a lot of authors want to help other authors, mm. except for Jim. Yeah. He doesn't want to help anybody. <laughs> Not interested. No. no. Jim's good no, to help. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kate. I think it was Flippa. Oh, oh uh, Pippa. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I saw your mouth moving. It's like ventriloquism. Hey, little man. <laughs> and he's off again. The thing is, people tend to read faster than we can write. So it mm-hmm. behooves us to have a whole group of people whose stuff we can promote and sort of a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, when Nick and I did the Six Assassins series, we wrote them all first and then planned them three weeks apart to release. And there were readers who were genuine mad that they had to wait three weeks in between books. Wow. Did I mention I don't like readers? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Listen, you little shit. (laughs) (laughs) You will wait until I'm ready. (laughs) I almost want to take the sixth book and wait three months just to piss them off. (laughs) So that's kind of like some stuff with the emails and like, we can talk offline about any specifics or obviously this recording will be out there, but mm-hmm. you also said, let's see, how many people do you, so how many people do you want in your arc team was another question that she had guys. Like in my opinion, I don't know, a few dozen. I mean, eventually maybe a quarter of them will actually leave a review, you know, so some kind say, of number. Yeah. I would you know, they, wait for a 25%. If you want 25 reviews, try to get a hundred people on your street team. Yeah. 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 The thing is, don't worry that adding an arc reader is costing you a sale because it's not. It's not. It's it's not costing you a sale. And so Mm -hmm. I say have as many as you can. I have about 150 on my arc team and I'll get 30, 40 reviews within two weeks. And that's enough for me. Like, I think that's fine. I'm not interested in exploiting my arc team any bigger. I'm also not really interested in policing my ARC team. There's over half of them download the book and don't leave a review, and I could go kick them off, but I mean, that would take hours, and those people weren't going to buy a book anyway, so whatever. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely not shooting yourself in the foot because they want free stuff, so let's have a little uh, arrangement worked out. I'll give you some free stuff. And then you said, uh, how soon do you start sending out ARCs? I mean, as soon as you can, as soon as you have the book done, but personally i'm usually like kind of running up against my launch deadline and then like i'm launching and i'm sending the arc people the thing within the same few days and you know they get the reviews and when they get the reviews in they when you start kind of have more books and you start selling more books the reviews just kind of come you know what i mean it's not something that i really think about too much anymore yeah i would say that exactly the way to think of reviews is is it's sort of like you need a certain number and i don't want to put a number on it it's probably more than 25, probably less than 50 to really start looking like the book is legit, you know, thing. It's really hard. This is a really squishy metric, right? But mm-hmm. I don't worry about, I'm certainly not going to pay for reviews. There's a lot of um, moral, well, ethical dilemma there, but I'm indirectly pay for them, right? By like going to a place where and paying for people to like a promo site to get my book and all that. And so indirectly I'm paying for those reviews. But after I get to like 25 or 30 reviews from a book, that kind of opens the gate to being able to submit to like big promo sites like BookBub. Again, I don't want to put a number on it because BookBub doesn't say, well, you have to have 25 reviews. In my experience, and I get a BookBub every two months on almost like clockwork, it seems like that's a good place to start. But after that, don't really worry about who's reviewing and how many reviews you're getting, unless you're getting fewer than three-star reviews a lot, you know, and your your overall average is about three stars. Then the reviews can probably point you in the direction of what you're doing wrong from a writing perspective. Sure. But that's usually not the case. Usually by the time we get all the way to to launch and we've edited and stuff, it's books are good enough. Right on, right on. Okay, so let's see. The last question about ARCs was, how do you get ARC reviews on Amazon if Amazon wants to see proof of purchase to post a review? Like Nick said, that's a little squishy. Sometimes they hem people up. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes people haven't spent $50 on Amazon to leave a review. Some of your ARC people have never spent anything on Amazon, so they can't. So it just kind of all works itself out. Build a really solid ARC team, and then everything will kind of take care of itself. Sure. You know what I've I mean? I even ask people on my ARC team. I call them my street team, and I'll say, hey, look, you guys have been fans of mine for a long time. I'm always willing to give you a book in exchange fans. for a review. Fans. Yeah, fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, 
if you don't mind, I'd love for you to leave a review. And then I kind of hint that that's what they signed up to the street team to do. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, don't be a jerk. Like, leave a review. You got a free book. But I'll even drop a note that like, hey, if you want it to be a verified purchase, the book's only $6.99. I'd love for you to grab it. It obviously helps me out. All the BS about, well, you know, the more you read, the more I'll write for you. And I love you, my readers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like I had mentioned earlier and when we were talking, in the automation sequence is a perfect time to ask for reviews. You know, when they're onboarding onto your list, a couple of weeks in after they've had the book, you can send them an email that says, hey, did you like it? Leave a review and then give them a link. And then you're always mining for reviews and never thinking about it again. So, yeah. All right. Right on. So let's see. I think that was all the ARC stuff. You got any other ARC stuff you want to talk about? No, Uh, that was plenty. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, sorry. I didn't know you were asking. I was just going to say, check out BookFunnel again for their certified mail is what they call it. And it's Mm. essentially an automated tool to send review copies to your street team or your betas or ARC, whatever you call them. Cool. Um, you, you upload your list of email addresses that this is my 200 people that are on the art team. And then you link it to a book that you've already uploaded to book funnel. You can write a little note and it'll ask if you want to remind the people after they've gotten the book after like a week or halfway through your campaign. And then you put in the date of when your campaign's over, when they need to upload their review to Amazon to the store. It's just really, and it all just handles it for you. And so it's, it's a really nice way of doing it. You can just kind of load it in there and set it and forget it. And um, your readers, your art team will get reminders. Hey, you've got the book. Did you get the book? Please download the book. What are you doing? Get the book. Yeah. Idiot, please download this book. And then finally, leave a review, you idiot. Yeah, exactly. Like Which it. Is, may or not be exactly my messaging. To, uh, to It's probably pretty close, though. Pretty All close. right. So let's see. The other question. So we went through ARCs. You said you were kind of good on ARCs. We went through the mailing list. Uh, did you have any other easily answerable questions on mailing lists or stuff you were... I know. No, that, was, that was plenty. Okay, I appreciate yeah. it a lot. Yeah. No, no worries. No worries. Let's see. And then ISBNs, I'll just speak for all of us. Don't worry about them. Okay. Yeah, they don't. I felt they, like that was a, a huge waste of money after doing it. So. It's yeah. a rite of passage spending. Oh, good, good. Money on <laughs> exactly. Don't feel bad that you did it, but maybe don't ever do it again because it's not necessary. I'm glad I didn't buy the 100 pack for like $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> so. like, I can't wait till I write all these books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Ads, what are the best platforms? We can zoom through that. Nick had mentioned that right now he's kind of rocking Amazon advertising a little more. For direct sales, meaning, yeah. so I consider ads, again, largely oversimplifying, but in two big buckets, you've got sales where you're trying to get people to click and buy your book, and then uh, list building where you're trying to get people to click on an ad and sign up for your mailing list. I find that Facebook works for me right now in you know 2021. Again, only speaking for myself, Facebook tends to work really well for me to build the mailing list side. Whereas Amazon, obviously you can't drive people to anywhere but an Amazon page. So those work best for sales. Okay. And I should clarify, I'm exclusive to Amazon. That's why I keep saying Amazon. Mm, yeah. Um, all right, Pippa, what are you kind of doing with ads? I know you've had some things going on in the background with your ads. What are you seeing right now? Honestly, I've been getting really, really good results. Not applicable yet, but from Kobo promos, pretty much mm. the only way to get traction there is to go through their promotions and you scattershot apply to a whole bunch and then they pick like a few of them. And then if you distribute through draft to digital to Apple, they'll have a whole bunch of promotions that they'll let you know about that they're looking for. Beyond that, I'm hiring a VA because keeping all of the advertising information in my head is not working for me. Mm. So that's actually something I would recommend as you keep going is like, Try to get a feel for things so that you can manage people correctly, but also don't necessarily think that you have to do everything yourself. That'd be nice. 
<laughs> yeah. Rock on. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just in a, in a broad sense to look at, you know, you mentioned you don't want to be putting your face out there on social media. That's fine. Try to build a career that is sustainable for you because that's the one that has the best chance of working. Sure. Right. Jimothy, what do you got, man? About what? What we're talking about. About ads? Yes. ISBNs? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Ads. Ads. Well, ISBNs are pretty much worthless unless you sell a lot of paperbacks. If you're nonfiction and you might want to yeah, take it up down from Amazon someday and put it on, I don't know, whatever, some tiny rinky dink store somewhere. But ads, I think if you're a new author, it's good to start learning ads, but they're not really going to benefit you much until you have several books out. Yeah. You know, like Nick talked about, ads should really be series focused. So if you have one or two books out, the best thing you could do is start researching ads, you know, maybe sign up for Dawson's course or something. Or start listening to a ton of podcasts about Amazon ads. But the best thing that you can do when you're new is to get more books out. And then you have more assets to play with, more things you can discount, more things you can price pulse, change, make free, use KDP free days. The more books you have, the more stuff you have to play with. Sure. Here's three books. Let me make it four books. There's Amazon ads for authors, 2021. Deb, uh, is it Potter? Not that one. Deb Zane, is that her name? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm shutting up. Go go find Mm -hmm. Deb. If it says Deb, that's it. (laughs) My all-time favorite one is Robert J. Ryan. He wrote Amazon Ads Unleashed. That's really good. The BookBub world, we didn't talk about much, but they have ads too, worth mentioning. David Gochran wrote kind of the Bible on that, in my opinion. BookBub ads, I think is what it's called. I don't know. Probably not, but it's David Gochran. So if it says BookBub and David, then that's the one. And then over in the Facebook world, I still think Mal Cooper's book is pretty good for getting acquainted with how Facebook ads work. And that, that's helped my Facebook ads suck. That's a pretty inexpensive, less than $50 education for getting acquainted with ads. Like Jim said, if you want to level up, Mark Dawson's course, which is not less than 50 bucks, is a great one to, to do. But it does get really deep into setting up Facebook ads and all that. I haven't taken his Amazon course, but uh, the Facebook stuff is good. I mean, do that and then jump in the Facebook groups that each of these books have associated mm-hmm. with it. And by the time you've got a three or four book series out, I, I would think you've got a pretty good grasp on how to do it. And then you can dip your toe in the water like all of us, assuming you know what's going on, and then rip your hair out and scream obscenities <laughs> when you realize that you have no idea what to do. And that's where we're That's true. <laughs> well, all right, guys, I'm kind of seeing the time here. So I think I'm going to stop asking questions and dragging this out. But if there's anything that you want to ask before we get out of here, anything we may have missed that you were really interested in, feel free before we close the door on this bad boy, Kate. No, I really appreciate all the information, guys. It was so helpful. So helpful. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm glad. Thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it. Sometimes it's not easy to kind of put yourself out there and everything, but we're all around if you need something. So we're, uh, we'll be rooting for you and I'll, you know, I'll shoot you an email and stuff. And uh, we should we'll level check- this up. We should have her back in a year. Yeah. 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 I do. I like the way that happens. I like the way yeah. that sounds. I like the way that sounds. And then that way we can be like, see, you made it to Hollywood. You're welcome. Look what <laughs> exactly. we did. My movie deal just came in. It's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, if you guys don't have anything to add, I'll say, all right, for all of us at Author News Weekly, thanks for joining us. I'm Ari McGee saying this meeting is over. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>